Professor Brain Brown's research shows that vulnerability fosters good emotional and mental health. It is a sign of courage. We become more resilient and brave when we embrace who we truly are and what we are feeling. The Vulnerable Scientist Podcast is a space for scientists to tell their honest and authentic stories. I am your host, Saranya Kerry, who happens to be a scientist, informal science communicator, and I help scientists create personal websites. If you want to support this show, go to www.patreon.com slash thevulnerablescientist. You can also follow this podcast on all social media platforms at TV Scientist Pod. There's something you had mentioned uh, about you, what you, you, the other things that you were doing to sustain uh, to sustain yourself through university. Do you want to talk more about that? Yeah. So um, <laughs> I think for for a lot of people, actually, at the University of the Western Cape, a lot of us actually come from um, really just previously disadvantaged backgrounds, currently disadvantaged backgrounds. And I think that for a lot of us, fees are just, it's such a, such a point of contention. Every single mm-hmm. year, I remember just the reading registration week because, ah, where's the money going to come from? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and throughout my undergrad, my parents really, really supported me so much, um, just financially. And that was even just hard on me because mm-hmm. they couldn't, they couldn't really do that, but they made it work. They somehow made it mm-hmm. work and they didn't just do it for me. They did it for my brother and my sister that came after me. Um, but so very quickly I realized like I needed to work, um, and I needed to find ways to fund my studies myself. Um, and so during undergrad, I was like, look, please just start working. Um, and I took retail jobs. I did a lot of odd jobs. And so if people just told me, Oh, you know, we, we want you to hand out flyers for a few days, I would do that. Um, if people said, Oh, you know, we've got like this data capturing thing for you. It's just two days. I would do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anything people offered me, I would take and I did work study at, at, at campus eventually. Um, but I think as soon as I hit post grad, I really went, you know, I don't want to be, you know, that kind of financial burden on my parents as well, who also had a lot of other responsibilities and I wanted mm-hmm. to help and I wanted to, you know, just, just stand on my own as well. And I, I, I there's one thing that I'll always remember and it still shocks me to this day because I have a problem with asking people for things. So I have a really mm-hmm. big problem asking people for help, asking people for anything. Like even if I was sitting in a lecture hall and I needed a pen, I would be like scared to ask you for that. for <laughs> pen. Mm-hmm. So Why is I, that? I, I don't know, right? Mm. I, I really don't know. It was just, it's something that, that's always been like in me. Um, mm. It's just not wanting to ask for help and just wanting to be very independent and stand on my own. Um, and I don't know where that comes from. I, my parents always told me I was just a very stubborn child. And that's one mm. thing that they always say is, you're so stubborn, you're so stubborn. And people always tell me you're so stubborn. And I feel mm. like it maybe also comes from that, from from a lot of stubbornness. Um <laughs> Mm. But yeah, so, so I, I didn't, I didn't, I found, I find it really difficult to ask people for stuff. But one thing I remember doing, um, in my honors year, um, is back then our fees were not, not, not too high yet. Um, mm-hmm. but I didn't have any financial aid. Um, and I just decided, ah, oh, you know what? 
nobody gets anything who doesn't ask. And I mm. went to each and every lecturer's office and I sat there and I told them, you know, I'll, I'll clean your dishes for like, when I say dishes, I mean like um, glassware in the lab. I'll, I'll mm. be your lab tech and clean. I'll wash dishware for you for the year or I'll help you on projects or whatever you need. <laughs> I'll do mm. that if you mm. can, you know, contribute just something towards my fees. And I did that with everybody. And a lot of people were like, oh, you know, we don't really have you know, any money. And I I came to this one lecturer who I had no relationship with, just by the way, absolutely mm-hmm. no relationship. I'll mm-hmm. never forget her. her. name is Dr. Vanessa Kuldrich. I'm also mm-hmm. at my old, in my current department. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she told me, uh, you know, she actually had the sort of like grant holder link, little, small little bursary. It's not much at all. Um, mm-hmm. It was 20,000 Rand, which is like less than $2,000. Um, and she was like, oh, but, you know, I can I can give you the storage your fees for the year. And that one little bursary actually covered almost all my fees for the year. I did work wow. study and a few odd jobs, and I managed to to pay that off. And that was my first time going, I really stood on my own this year. And, you know, mm-hmm. I actually was able to pump some money back into the house, and I felt really good. And so I think since wow. then, I just stayed employed. Um, so I did work study or full-time employment, anything. <laughs> Sorry, I need to hear this. I need to understand this. You're telling me that you're a person, you're a person who wasn't easily able to ask for help from someone. What is the thing that made you, like, moved you from this person who doesn't want to ask for help for, like, the longest, you know, part of their lives to going to every single place? And, you know, especially in the university and asking for help for anything, as long as you can get this thing that you want. People you don't know, people you have no connections to. What is that thing that pushed you to do, to do it? Actually, thinking back, like now that you're asking it, like within this context, thinking back in a weird way. Um, my fear of failure actually helped me there because I just didn't want to fail. I just didn't mm. want to have to drop out or even just, you know, like put my parents under more pressure than they were under. Um, and I think, yeah, and it was just that, like, I don't want to fail. And I think I just had that, that it was just the fear of failure at that point in time. I was like, I don't want to fail. And I really want to do this. And I, I think at the time I, it was such a, like, it was such a long shot for me actually even getting into the honors program because they, at the time they only selected 20 people. Mm-hmm. Um, to do the, the honors program and they got tons of applications. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it was also just such a long shot for me to have been accepted that I felt like, well, I can't, like, I can't just let it go to waste. But I did, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, something just came over me and I was like, if you don't do this, you know, it could be a very difficult year for you. <laughs> mm. Wait, you said you you weren't sure if you'll get your honors, you'll be admitted to honors because of your performance in your in your degree. Yeah. How did you feel when you finally got you only got that is it a letter that you get? <laughs> be yeah, so, that you've been accepted? Yeah, it's it's we got a little letter to say you've been welcomed into the honors program. I mean I think that was that was shock. Sure, that was a very good moment because mm. It was such a long shot and I actually hadn't prepared myself for getting in to the program. So I think it came through, I'll never forget this actually. It came through a couple of days before my birthday at the time. It was late in December. I wasn't mm-hmm. even, I don't know how anybody was even still working because the university is usually closed at that time. 
Yeah. Uh, but it came through like late December and I needed to start the program in January, like a couple of weeks later. Mm-hmm. And at the time, it's weird because it was also kind of like, it was the only thing that I would have been able to do that year because I didn't apply for anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, because I wasn't sure, like, would I be competitive in any other program? Um, mm-hmm. And at least I felt like, at least with this university, I've really built some relationships. Um mm-hmm. And at least maybe they know what I'm capable of from those, you know, subjects that I did perform well in and those courses I did do well in. And I just thought that it would probably be my best shot. Um, and, but I, I still kind of felt like this was probably not going to happen. And at the time I was actually looking at internships and trying to see, okay, maybe I could do an internship for a while or maybe even volunteer. If I was that mm-hmm. desperate, I would volunteer and just, you know, try and get my foot in the door somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that came through and uh, it was, it was a big relief, but then it mm-hmm. was that whole, that whole worry of, uh, but now I need to register in like a month's time or less than a month's time. Um, and yeah, now I've got all the struggles all over again. If where's the registration fee going to come from? <laughs> Where's the money going to come from? Mm-hmm. So yeah, but I think I was just very lucky as well because like, no matter how bad the situation was, I had really, I had awesome parents, like they were very supportive and mm-hmm. Like, even if they had no clue where the money was going to come from, they were just like, go for it, you do it. <laughs> we'll yeah. figure it out down the way, but, like, you'll do it. And I actually, looking back, I realized how lucky I was to have that and to always have that. Um, yeah, I don't think a, a lot of people have that. And, yeah, I think I, yeah. I was very, very lucky to have that. Oh. Um, sorry, I had cut you off. You were talking about your work study. Um, you're still at the jobs that you were doing. Oh no, no, that's fine. <laughs> so I was just saying, um, yeah, so I, I did a lot of, um, work study positions. So I think I was a tutor for a while and I was a lab demonstrator. Um, I did course coordination for a while. Um, so that was like my first full-time job. I was doing course coordination for biodiversity courses, um, in the department and I lectured for a year. Um, I was, I think I was on maternity cover at the time. I can't remember, but it was like a short term contract. And then mm-hmm. after that, I did an internship. This was all while I was still doing my postgraduate studies, which is also why every degree took me a really long time. <laughs> mm. Um, so I, I, I went and did a, an internship. I think I did my internship in my last year of my master's. It took me three years to do my master's and it should have taken me one. Um, but yeah. I did the internship. I went from the internship and I was an administrator for the physics department at UWC. Wow, um, and physics. I worked for, yeah, I worked for an astronomy institute, wow. <laughs> but I was just an administrator. So I was like, mm. uh, nothing special. Um, so I did admin for them. And yeah, I think with that position, I actually met Nicola Mulder, who's the PI and director for mm. HA Bionet. Um, and we were doing some, some setting up of workshops and honestly, I was doing like things like catering and I was ordering food and <laughs> doing that type mm-hmm. of thing. Um, and I was doing some registrations for the workshop and I, um, got to know her, um, kind of via that. And I think at one point I had helped her with like a really small event that we were putting together. So that was my first time meeting her. And, um, a while later I saw a job ad and it was for this, this job that I've got now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember thinking at the time I was actually applying for so many jobs, mm-hmm. um, and just getting so many rejections. It was like rejection after rejection or just nothing at all. You just didn't hear anything. And I was mm-hmm. so depressed at the time. And I did something very cheeky actually, which was mm-hmm. I emailed her 
And I went, mm. and I didn't actually know at the time that she was the PI of HA Pioneer, that she was mm. like, you know, the top dog. I just mm. saw that she was the contact person for the position. And I was like, I'm going to email this lady. Mm. <laughs> and I emailed her. Um, and I went, hi, Professor Mulder. Um, I, I still remember telling her that I, I, I really like the position and I'm not really sure if I'm 100% qualified for the job. I really was not qualified for the job, but wow. I was like, I wasn't sure if I'm, I'm like 100% qualified for the job. I've got, you know, some background in a lot of things that you're wanting. I've got some training background, some teaching experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got that kind of background. I've got a little bit of lab work experience and you know, I did a bit of genetics. And so, and I've got that mm-hmm. kind of like genetics background. Um, and I went, but I do not want to put in all of the effort that's required for this job application if there's really a candidate that you have in mind. And I said, I wow. just really don't want to waste my time again. And I, and I mentioned, you know, I've been applying for so many jobs and, and it's just, it's, it's really heartbreaking when you put in so much effort and they really actually know who they want to hire, which is often the case with a lot of companies, I guess. Yeah. And that was really cheeky of me thinking back. And she actually responded like, very quickly and so like politely and she was like no 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 it's an open call um nobody mm. you know we don't have anybody in mind and if you think you'd be a good fit then ah, go ahead and apply for the position and I applied for the position and like a few weeks later I got a call that um they'd like to interview me and I went oh my god mm-hmm. <laughs> how did this happen and I remember um, going for the interview and it, and it went well and it didn't go too bad. Um, I thought I, I was, I was kind of okay. I wasn't great, but I was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually didn't get the job. <laughs> what? I didn't get the job. <laughs> I was not expecting that. And so somebody else, um, who's also really brilliant and who's been my colleague now for the past few years, um, mm-hmm. actually was, was offered the position and, um, I'm, I'm guessing, that they probably really liked me as well because about, I think, a couple of weeks, a few weeks went by and mm. um, Nikki reaches out to me and she says, you know, I really liked your interview and I liked your CV. Um, I like your background and I think you, you might actually be a really good fit for the position, but we can offer you um, mm. a shorter term contract. Mm. And so she said, she's not sure if I'd still be interested because the original contract was a, a, a longer term contract. And mm-hmm. so that's also what drew me to the position. Um, mm-hmm. But I went, you know what? Ugh, let's give it a shot. Um, let mm-hmm. me let me just do it. And I think within a couple of weeks, I was there. I was at HA Bionic and I was starting. Um, and yeah, and then I've been there ever since. And so, yeah, it was actually an oddly good fit. <laughs> Wait, okay. Sorry, I have questions. I got questions. <laughs> <laughs> I always have questions. <laughs> so, um... You're saying that you are doing these odd jobs, uh, different kinds of jobs, different uh, things that are not departments that are not related to your course, <laughs> not <at> and <laughs> or, or uh, being in training positions, um, being uh, le- lecturing, right? And yeah. all this, all these small, small things that you're doing, <laughs> actually prepared you for your current position right yeah. and you yeah. didn't it's know a weird, that like cosmic way <laughs> and the other thing that i also like about this is you met this lady in a different thing and you're doing this you you you're in science but you're doing this um 
administrative job where you're doing the event planning, you're calling the food, you're just <laughs> helping with the planning and you, you just by chance happen to help her in something. And it, it just happens that after getting a lot of rejections, you see this job you're interested in, but deep inside you're like, I'm not sure if I'll be picked and I don't want to put my effort into this. And you actually say it knowing very well this is someone who might influence your, you know, you being picked, but you just being honest and confident, just coming out and saying, <laughs> and being vulnerable and saying, you know, this is what I'm going through and this is, I'm not even sure yeah. that I fit. Like, oh my God, it's the honesty, it's the vulnerability, it's the confidence. <laughs> All waved in and it's just beautiful. Oh my goodness. Well, the the weird thing is, like, looking back, if Mm. anybody else had been on the other side of that email who was not Nikki, Uh I don't think the outcome would have been the same because in my time working with, with, with Bionet, like, she has just amazed me as just as a boss, but as a leader and also as a woman. She's mm-hmm. just, she's really amazed me. And I don't think it's very often that you work for people that you also are genuinely inspired by. I think yeah. a lot of the time there's that boss figure and there's that, you know, that you're just my boss and they bring, mm-hmm. you know, a world of pain into my life. But with mm-hmm. Nikki, like she, I think she, she also impacted the way that I look at education and mm-hmm. the way that I perceive, you know, different types of people. She really impacted that because I literally looked at how she, you know, interacted with people in HA Bionet and she is just such a humble person. And one thing that I noticed very early on from her is that everybody knows she's the boss lady. Yeah. <laughs> she's the, she's the top person, but mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever, ever seen her cut somebody off. Um, you know, like, you know, like in a very, like, like in a case of an animosity like kind of way or like I've never seen a, a certain dominance. Um, she allows mm-hmm. us as junior staff to even not argue with her, but, you know, go, no, Nikki, you know, I don't agree with that actually. And this is what I think. And she listens. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was very, like, I, I don't, I haven't been around a lot of leaders who do that, who really listen to what you have to say and genuinely listen and go, oh, okay. No, I actually agree. And she asks for your opinion all the time. And one thing I really mm-hmm. liked about her is, um, she knows everything, but she'll go, Oh no, I don't really know. You know, maybe you should ask my training coordinator because, you know, she's mm. been doing this. She knows perfectly well, but she mm. does that to sort of like enhance your, your confidence, yeah. but also, yeah. you know, you know, just help you network. Grow you. <laughs> Grow you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, she just has such a, such an interesting way of managing people, which is really that she leaves you alone. Um, mm. she hires, she, she, I feel like she hires really good people and trusts you to do what she's hired you to do. And she mm-hmm. goes about her day. Um, mm. and so that's why she's Not also very, dog, you know, looking around yeah. and trying to see, have you done this? Have you done? Exactly. You know? But wow. I haven't really seen, and I, I just look at the employees that she has around her and you just see how everyone is just. They're so eager to please her, but not in like a bad way or like, oh, I just want to suck up to the mm-hmm. boss kind of way in such mm-hmm. a genuine, like, oh my word, you are so inspiring. And if you mm-hmm. do so much, you know, I want to do so much. And mm-hmm. when she talks about, you know, capacity development, you really, you really feel her come from a place of understanding and sincerity. Mm-hmm. And so when I do training, you know, I always kind of think like, you know, she's so sincere and she wants everybody to succeed. And so I want everybody to succeed. Yeah. And her main goal is to get you to do things that, 
you didn't think that you could do. Her main goal is to take somebody that everybody kind of went, oh, no, they're never going to be able to do this and then get them to do it. And so mm-hmm. I, I kind of started to embody that as well. And I went, you know what, if you can't do it, let's find a way to get you to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that's kind of translated into the way I do things. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's such a unique environment, I think, to be in because she's also the kind of boss where you can go, I'm having a really bad mental day and I need mm-hmm. like two days to just do nothing. And mm-hmm. she'll go, Oh, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. No problem. Oh, wow. And you don't get that very often. And yeah. you know, you can, you can go to her and be like, I am a nervous wreck at the moment. I, I'm just, you know, like, I don't have a reason to not want to be at work, but I, I just mm-hmm. can't focus. And she mm-hmm. will tell you, ah, you know, take, take two days. It's fine. Come back fresh. We need you to be able to work, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah, I, th- I think that makes you want to actually work more. And so I think we all overwork ourselves, but she's never asked us to do that. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing it as in genuinely out of, because you love what you do and you love yeah, being yeah. in the team that you are. I think exactly. you you're mentioning environment, good in working environment, and also passion, sincerity in people, and working with people who don't dog you around and respect you for what mm. the like and believing in you. You know, oh my god, I, I love I love hearing about good bosses. It's it's a thing <laughs> I have. <laughs> it just makes me happy for no good reason. Yeah, and I, and I also think that like good bosses will also make future good bosses. So mm-hmm. like if I ever become like a manager, now. yeah. Mm-hmm. So if I ever become like you know a big boss or a big manager somewhere of some mm-hmm. big project, I'm going to remember you know the the way that she was able to get the job done, but never mm-hmm. ever had to be a tyrant, you know. And so I don't think mm-hmm. I would ever be like that because that's not the example that I've that I've had and. And, yes. and I say this about her, but I've, I've actually had a couple of really good bosses, um, mm-hmm. in the past and really people that really became really amazing mentors. Um, and so I think I've also, I've also been lucky, but I always tell people like there were lots of roads that kind of naturally just came, you know, like lots of parts that just naturally kind of came to me or opened up to me and I was never closed about it. So, you know, if I, like with, with the admin job, I took it as an opportunity to learn a little bit more about university administration, about budgeting, about, you know, project management from that kind of, kind of perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so I looked at it from that perspective. When I did lecturing, I looked at it as a, as a, you know, this is going to develop my ability to speak in front mm-hmm. of a crowd and communicate and convey science in a very confident way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so everything that I did, I, I kind of took and thought, you know, it might not be, the most logical job. Everybody's going, you know, why are you doing this? But mm-hmm. if I can learn something from it that enhances mm-hmm. my ability to do whatever it is that I'm going to do in the future, then mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with taking that position. And and I'm all for and any honest living is a good living. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, I don't think, I don't think that a, a, a bad job exists, but I do think a bad work environment exists. Definitely. Exists. <sighs> yeah. Wow. I love that you said that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Um <sighs> all right. 